This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jaladanki and Ayush Agarwal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to High School Not So Much a Musical. Today, we are joined with Kevin McShawn, who is a journalist who has been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. However, he hasn't let it, he hasn't let that get in his way. Um, so, so, uh, Mr. McShawn, if you could talk a little bit about yourself, you know, your podcast that you have, let's have a, let's have this conversation, and maybe your history with cerebral palsy. Palsy, um, could you talk about that? Yeah, no problem. First and foremost, I want to thank. Uh, the three of you for having me this afternoon. It's uh, most appreciated. My name is uh, uh, Kevin McShann. I'm 32 years old. Um, I was born with what's called um, spastic quadriplegia, um, cerebral palsy. It simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. And it affects things such as my muscle memory, muscle movement, and muscle uh, dexterity. Uh, I host a podcast called uh, Let's Have This Conversation where I uh, tackle all um, angles of the news cycle in hopes of giving my listeners and viewers uh, an objective and non-biased look at the uh, the way the news and uh, uh, other societal issues affect our everyday life. Uh, my history with cerebral palsy, obviously I was born with it, so I've, I've dealt with it all my life. But what I always tell myself is that I have refused to allow my uh, disability to determine uh, the way in which I live my life. Um, you know, we're all given a set of circumstances and I've chosen to make my circumstances work for me instead of working for my circumstances. You know, I live my life through the notion that inclusion is the gateway to independence. And that's sort of my uh, overriding life philosophy and how I live my life. Yeah, thank you for that. And so for, for the listeners that are listening who might not know what um, what cerebral palsy is, uh, could you like quickly talk about what it is and maybe what problems it's caused for you um, throughout your life? Yeah, so the, the form of cerebral palsy that I have is called uh, spastic quadriplegia. It affects uh, my muscle memory, muscle movement, and uh, muscle dexterity. It affects uh, my endurance and how long I'm allowed to stand. Um, if I don't use my muscles on a regular basis, they become very uh, spastic and stiff. So stretching and, and and swimming and walking are ways that I deal with uh, the disability that I have. I, I try to be an example to follow in terms of uh, that in terms of living by the notion, notion that I'm always active and always trying to be one step ahead of my disability, if that makes sense, in terms of valuing my fitness and making it a, a top priority in my life. So um, you were born with this. Uh, so what have you done in the past to like overcome with this? Because I see in your profile picture, you're in like a wheelchair of some sort. So could you like explain that or what you've done? Yeah, so no problem. So I, uh, uh, the, the um, 
sort of cerebral palsy that I have uh, doesn't require me, uh, doesn't allow me to have long uh, aspirative endurance. Uh, uh, the reason I, I use a wheelchair is to get around. Uh, I can walk with the assistance of a walker, um, but I, I, I use a wheelchair because uh, just to manage my disability in the way that I get around and get be mobile. And um, uh, like I said, I, I try to uh, also be as physically active as I can because if I don't uh, use my muscles, they become um, spastic and it, it's important for me to keep moving for sure. Yeah, and I think that applies to pretty much everyone. In fact, like yesterday, uh, we did a podcast with the world's strongest bodybuilder about the importance of health and fitness, even for a high school student who's so busy with standardized testing and academics and extracurriculars, because like moving your body and getting uh, adequate amounts of physical exercise can allow you to also improve your mental clarity and just improve overall body performance. So, um, what's the difference between you know somebody with cerebral palsy uh and somebody without it in terms of what happens if they don't if they have a period where there's they're not doing much physical exercise because as you mentioned like your muscles might spaz up if um you know you don't do much physical exercise but i also know of people like who don't do much exercise so even if they do the slightest bit of exercise like running or something then they'll get like super bad calf cramps or something for example uh so is there a particular difference between the muscle spasms that you get if you have cerebral palsy versus if you don't uh yeah in terms of uh the different muscle spasms i i think in general certainly with the pandemic, it's important for all of us to keep moving. There isn't uh, any specific difference between uh, spasms if you exercise or if you don't. Uh, I, I, I think regardless of disability, that, that it is coming upon all of us to take ownership and make our own physical health a priority for sure. Um, uh, for me, certainly, if I don't use my muscles over a prolonged period of time, uh, I become very um, uh, um, stiff and robotic and in, term, in terms of the movement of my muscles. And it does affect uh, my physical health as well as my mental health. You know, exercise is also a great release for mental energy. And what I mean by that is it allows you to really uh, hone in and zero in on, on your mental uh, health as well, because you're physically active and moving and, and keeping your mind sharp and to, to the point where uh, you have a sense of focus, where uh, your, your physical and mental health also benefits as one. So I think it's critically important for uh, anyone to uh, value exercise for sure. 
Okay, so thank you so much for that introduction onto cerebral palsy. So now that we've learned about your problem and how it's affected your life, I really want, I mean, I want to shift towards how it's affected your life. So what types of discrimination have you faced due to being a di- different from like what society considers like normal? Because like in the end, we're just like all of us, you just have a problem that affects you in a different way. So could you please talk about the like, different types of discrimination that you faced? Well, I, I think when you talk about barriers to access, and that's what I, um, uh, I like to uh, coin it as, I think the first thing you look at is, uh, for me anyway, access to employment. You know, it took me six years out of college to get my first paying job. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, Part of my uh, professional life has been uh, assisting those with disabilities to uh, find and maintain employment. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast was, uh, you know, uh, the pandemic has hit and I was uh, just about to start a contract uh, for for a company. And then they said, I said because of COVID, my contract was uh, suspended. So I, I think the first thing you look at is uh, employment equality, which I've worked hard uh, to uh, alleviate and eradicate uh, during my professional life. The second thing uh, I, I think when you look at uh, barriers to access for uh, <laughs> individuals with disabilities has to do with um, uh, social isolation and social uh, uh, inclusion in terms of uh, including individuals with disabilities into uh, societal life in terms of socially, economically, and um, uh, spiritually as well. I think uh, folks with disabilities uh, have to work harder, certainly, to, to get employed and also to get noticed from a, a social perspective on some accounts. You know, most of uh, the people with disabilities, uh, uh, they have to always solve, solve problems and come up with solutions to uh, different uh, areas of their lives. So I think for me, uh, uh, when you talk about um, barriers to access, I look at two things. Like I said, uh, the employment access and access to opportunity uh, and creating an environment of social acceptance uh, for individuals with disabilities as well. Yeah, thanks. So on that note, um, you mentioned that like you have an extensive history and you went in depth into promoting like employment equality for individuals with disabilities. And um, in your bio, you said it was with the YMCA of Windsor, Essex County. Like, I'm not sure what that is. So like, could you like maybe explain um, what that whole situation was and what that like company does? Yeah, so uh, uh, I'll back up just a little bit. Before I uh, was uh, the job developer at the YMCA, and I'll explain what that was, I was also the regional ambassador for something called uh, the Discoverability Network here in Windsor and Essex County, which was uh, the province of Ontario's new online job matching portal uh, for individuals with disabilities uh, and employers to get connected. So when I worked on the network, 
I refer to it as the e-harmony of dating. The only difference was instead of going onto the website for dating, you would go on this website uh, and you would create a profile and you would get matched with either an individual with a disability if you were an employer, employer looking to hire or, or work the opposite way as a job seeker, you would be matched with employers. And through that work, I was able to get um, a total of, I was the regional ambassador for about 11 months. And then that time we were able to get um, a total of 70 individuals, either a job placement or an internship. Uh, and through that work, I, I was given the opportunity to serve uh, nine months as the job developer and an enhanced employer uh, support facilitator at the YMCA uh, here in Windsor and Essex County. And my role was to help uh, youth and uh, youth, uh, others with disabilities to uh, find, maintain, and, and locate employment. Um, so that was basically my role before um, any of those two roles. I also served as a program development facilitator for a project called we are able, and the, the intention of the project was to uh, uh, educate employers about the positive benefits of hiring uh, folks with disabilities. And through that effort, um, we gave uh, 30 uh, community presentations and we were able to give uh, 28 people employment. So that's just a little bit about my background. That's great to hear. Um... One thing if you could talk about is why do people with disabilities have so many barriers in getting access to employment? Because I, I know that people like everyone has their own like special skill that they're uh, obviously very good at. That's why not everyone is good at everything. Everyone picks a field to specialize in in college. They get really, really good at that. And that's how they contribute to society. And since everyone contributes to like a different field of specialization you end up having a well-rounded society as opposed to like w one well-rounded person so uh pe people with disabilities are no different right they also specialize in the fields that they are good at so why wh why are the barriers to employment for people with disabilities so well i think a couple of things i think um there are uh, a lack of education amongst employers about the positive benefits of hiring people with disabilities. You know, we did a study when I worked at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce that found that 80% of accommodations for uh, folks with disabilities uh, don't cost anything at all. And those that do cost, cost less than $500 and can be, uh, it could be as simple as the raised height of a desk, the use of assisted software or headsets. Uh, so I think there are a couple of reasons. Lack of education is, is one. Um, and, and moreover, I think uh, we have to get better at providing uh, uh, opportunities for innovation for employers to rethink the way uh, that they go about the hiring process. You know, uh, so, some of uh, people with disabilities are some of the smartest uh, people that, that you'll encounter. So I think 
uh, changing the way you uh, practice, uh, you hire people is important. You know, sometimes it's important to fit a person for a job instead of fitting a is refitting a job to a person instead of fitting a person to a job and i think the way in which we 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 uh examine the way way we hire people and the way we implement our workforce because you know when we look at it uh, when you hire people with disabilities uh your retention cost for new new employ employees goes down, your turnover is lower, and uh, they stay longer because they want to prove that they can do the job. So I think a couple of things we've got to get better at in, uh, educating employers about the benefits of hiring, and we also have to do a better job at, at, at uh, fostering an environment of inclusion and, and acceptance, which then leads to a, a, a better understanding of the way innovation can work uh, to your advantage as an employer in that, that way. And by the way, it also um, um, increases morale for your entire workforce. So you get increased productivity uh, and decreased uh, turnover and increased morale. So hiring people with disabilities is and not only the right thing to do, it's also a smart business decision as well. So we've obviously talked about the many problems that you faced with cerebral palsy. So has there been any particular role model or person in your life who has helped guide you and has supported you the most? You know, I'm a big family person, uh, so I have an identical twin brother. We were both born with uh, cerebral palsy. My brother grew out of his, and it still affects things like uh, his handwriting. So obviously I have a brother and, and two sisters. I'm, I'm grateful uh, to my inner circle and obviously my parents have played a a major role in my upbringing. But if you're looking for a professional um, um, influences, you know, I'm good friends with uh, the, the voice of the Detroit Lions, who I met in college. And he shared with me that his mother also had uh, multiple sclerosis. And we, I interviewed uh, the voice of the Lions, his name's Dan Miller. Um, and I interviewed him for a college assignment. And at the end of it, he said, if I ever needed anything, it would only be an email away. So I, I, I uh, look at uh, Dan Miller as one of my uh, professional role models. You know, I went to school to become a sports reporter. Uh, so Dan's obviously someone that I look up to a great deal, you know. Um, you know, and the, uh, the um, great thing about hosting a podcast is I get to meet a lot of um influential people uh, and certainly I've gained some mentors and role models uh, that way and another uh, person that I have to thank for my uh, professional uh, view on life is my middle school principal you know I'll share a story with you guys you know uh, 1998 was the last time that I had uh, surgery uh, for my condition on my legs and uh, and I had to go back to school and uh, the doctor had come 
uh, called my parents and I into a conference room and he had told my parents and I that I probably would never never be able to walk without assistance and uh, my middle school principal her name was Dr. Carol Cruley and she had called me in her office and she had saw that uh, uh, that news after I had come back from the doctor had really affected me uh, so and she told me that uh, that I would be able to accomplish anything that I wanted to and the scope of my uh, imagination would only be limited by what I put on myself uh, personally in terms of limitations. So I have to thank her. Certainly Dan uh, has been a great role model and friend. Uh, certainly I've met a lot of interesting people and you know one of uh my other role models his name is ryan peebles uh, ryan is the uh, general manager of uh um, the student uh, advisory council over at uh, st Clair college which is uh, the institution that i um, graduated from and ryan also had spent he's also spent over 20 years as a personal support worker or PSW himself. And, you know, uh, when I was done school, I would often have to wait for uh, an accessible transportation to pick me up from school because I couldn't, I, uh, I, I don't drive and I relied on uh, transportation to get to and from school. And, you know, the one thing about Ryan, uh, so when I went to school, it was in the basement of an old uh, conference uh, uh, conference or event center uh, in downtown Windsor. And Ryan's office was uh, directly across the hall from all of my journalism classrooms. And Ryan had made it a point whenever he was on campus to keep his office light on for me if I needed to talk through a problem I was having at school or just wanted a piece of advice. So uh, if you uh, are looking for a professional uh, uh, role models, I would say Dan Miller, uh, Ryan Peebles is certainly one. Uh, and I, you know, those uh, are uh, the, the people that I look up to most in terms of professional role models. And uh, certainly my family has played a big role in my uh, personal and professional uh, success as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of High School Not So Much Musical. You just learned about the life story of Kevin McShawn, who's a journalist born with cerebral palsy at birth. However, he hasn't let that stop him as he strives to increase diversity and inclusion in the world towards people with disabilities. Stay tuned for part two of our conversation with Kevin, and we'll see you next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.